Go ahead and pick your speed up your number one now. Runway 27, clear to land green dot. Welcome to Oshkosh, guys. Hello and welcome back to the Green Dot, EAA's podcast for anyone and everyone who loves aviation. My name is Hal Bryan and today I'm uh, flying solo in a manner of speaking, host-wise. I'm EAA's uh, Senior Editor for Print and Digital Content and Publications and this is a one-on-one episode of the Green Dot with uh, a very special Uh, I dare say, extraordinarily popular returning guest, uh, our CEO and chairman of the board, Jack J. Pelton. Jack, welcome back to The Green Dot. Thanks, Al. It seems like it's been a a long time, and it certainly, uh, I I miss us being actually in the EA headquarters in the studio around the table with the rest of the Green Dot gang, but thanks, thanks for thinking of me. Well, of course. No, it's it's great to have you here. And and again, we are still doing these uh, remotely from a series of uh, of undisclosed locations in the greater Oshkosh area. Uh, but uh, but Jack, I do have to call out that uh, if if we do if you agree that this one counts, uh, this is episode number five. And so, as soon as we do all get back into the uh, the same building, and and uh, as uh, as our producer Ty pointed out offline, once we can start. Uh, Hitting the uh, the socially distant uh, thrift stores, uh, we're going to owe you a blazer. Yeah, I'm very excited about that, Hal. And uh, just I gave you my size. I think after number four, you just might want to up that one size uh, when we come back <laughs> to accommodate for the uh, for the, the the quarantine fifteen that we're all suffering from. Exactly. Excellent. All right. Well, it's uh, it's good to have you back. As we said. Um, hey, how are you doing? You, how are you holding up? Uh, it's been uh, it's been a crazy few months. You know how it really has. I, I would say from the, the middle of March when uh, things started to really unravel here domestically, it was an everyday uh, exhausting journey with endless calls and endless Zoom videos uh, up until May first on trying to piece together where exactly is this virus situation going? What does that mean for us relative to holding our annual Air Venture Oshkosh in July? And so it was uh, very trying times in piecing together the data and the facts and the and this kind of the situational awareness. I felt like I was full time in a you know war room trying to work through the pieces. Well and it's been such a uh, it's been such an interesting challenge to say the least. I mean, there's you know, I think historians are going to be writing about this period in our, our history, I think, for a long, long time. Uh, and there, there's no way to, there's no one word that sort of sums it up. But, you know, something I, I know you had talked about in a recent column of yours was that, you know, typically when there's when there's sort of a, uh, a natural disaster, a hurricane or something like that, you know, we see EAA members coming together. And, uh, you know, they're going to band together and start flying relief supplies and things like that. There's there's some action that can be taken. And EAAers are always, you know, right there front and center to do it. Now, we we do know of, of some cases like this in the pandemic. But really, when the action uh, that everybody has to take is sort of hunkered down at home, uh, it, it becomes a very strange thing, I think, for our EAA culture. It, it really is. It's uh, it's It's not... How, as you say, it's exactly against what our culture is all about, which is gathering and celebrating and, and uh, you know having good camaraderie. So it's it's so so against that. When we when we finally got into you know the decision we had to make at the beginning of May, then then, then it was spending the rest of May uh, unraveling all the efforts that we we had 
moving forward to have the event and starting to look at what the rest of the year was go is going to look like. So it's been it's been getting down to what I would say a normal work pace, uh, not the frantic one that we had. But again, uh, I've been been in headquarters. Uh, it's it's a very different place when we've asked people to continue to work at home and uh, wearing masks and having the proper uh, distancing and, and sanitization. You just lose that uh, excitement and feel that we all have when we come to work together. Because I think you know one thing about our team is everybody enjoys being a part of the mission and working for the members. And you, when they're not there, it's just very empty, very hollow. Very hollow. That's a, that is a great way to put it. So you've you've talked about it a bit, but can you uh, can you step me through that that terrible tough moment when you uh, when you made the decision and you said, you know what, we're we're a no go this year for the first time uh, in EAA history. Yeah, I, I you know it's uh, in kind of reliving the the, the sequence of events. You know, we were hit with a, a sudden in, in Oshkosh shutdown of uh, restaurants and businesses. And, and, you know, actually at five o'clock on a, I believe it was a Tuesday or a Wednesday, uh, that the mandate came down. So it, it literally was a total shock and surprise. So the first two weeks we were in the mode of how to accommodate keeping EAA operating while knowing we had to send employees home. So there was a kind of a mad dash in our IT department to get everybody hooked up at home. Uh, with prop the right equipment to be able to continue to function and do their jobs. Uh, well, we know we had to keep the, the building closed. And so, you know, that took a little time to get everybody up and running. And again, the, the team that we have at headquarters is, is phenomenal. And uh, we didn't miss a beat. If you were to call EA on the member line, you'd, you'd, you'd think you were talking to somebody sitting in headquarters, but they're actually sitting at home. Um, our publications and our social media and all of our e-content continued to, to go on without without a hitch. So, that was kind of the round of phase one. Then it was sitting back, and I shouldn't. I, probably that is probably a portrait where we weren't sitting back. But every morning at eight thirty, we would have a senior leadership call to start the day. To uh, again, to kind of a war room situation of you know what's the latest data in Oshkosh, what's going on in Wisconsin, what's going on nationwide, what's happening with events, and we were watching uh, you know event cancellations happening at a pretty staggering rate. Uh, through the months of June, and this is this was in March that I'm talking about, uh, and and then we started looking at the the kind of the essence of what's the precautions you need to take for this virus, and it was very well understood that uh, there is no vaccine, distancing, sanitization, uh, basically staying away from each other is the best thing you can do to prevent the spread of it, and no, at that time we're not sure too how this is manifesting as far as numbers and people. So we had that element. That was what I would call one of the many V's. That was our, our, our virus V. Then we had the village V, which is Oshkosh itself, the city, and what was transpiring in the city relative to hotels and restaurants and businesses. And the piece that was uh, very important to us was not, not only the hotels, but people who are renting their homes were immediately starting to say, no, we're not going to rent them this year because we don't have a place to go during July in this unknown unknown period of where we would not normally go vacation. So we're starting to watch a, a housing problem occur. And then with our uh, other V, the vendors, we saw the, the vendors started to uh, get exceedingly nervous and then starting to pull the plug on saying, we've made the decision in the best interest of our employees and our company companies to 
decide to cancel and not come to, to AirVenture. Um, that V dealt a lot with companies feeling the responsibility of not wanting to put their employees into an environment that they were unsure of. Our other V, which was really the uh, underpinning of the entire event, which is our volunteers, takes 5,000 volunteers to run the event. They start giving their time beginning in May. They come on site. They basically live there for a few months, start setting up, uh, preparing the grounds and painting buildings and uh, doing repairs and, and getting the tents all up. And it's a, it's a massive effort that begins in May. Uh, and then really by June 1, it's, it's full steam ahead, no turning back. By then, you're financially committed to the tent rentals and the food and the, all of the things that go on. And the volunteers were starting to say, you know, if you have it, we're committed, but we don't think it's probably a good idea for us to come. Uh, a lot of them, you know, everybody has their own personal circumstances, whether it be underlying health issues, whether it be age, whether it be just concerns you have in general as to is it a good time to, to sit it out. So as, as all of those pieces came crashing together, uh, it became apparent that we were going to have to make some choices as to what going forward would look like and what would it what would it be. And, you know, the first scenario was, well, by, by the end of July, will everything be normal? It'll be business as usual. And we have the event and, and 600 of our closest friends show up and it's a, a marvelous annual event as it always is. And it was recognized that that is not going to happen, that, that a lot of people were going to probably decide not to come. We're going to have fewer exhibits uh, some critical key ones going to be of some major ones we're going to be missing, and we're going to be short on volunteers to get the event pulled off. So we said, is there a way of scaling it? Could we go back to a a, a more low key event? Uh, and again, some of the underlying problems with COVID nineteen, such as sanitization and distancing and all that, just you know, if you look at our campground, if you look at rows of porta potties, if you look at the the, the food that people need to have while they're there. There was no way of, of being able to scale it. Oh, and people did ask, could we move it to a later date? And the, the later date issue came, once you get into August, school starting in Wisconsin, um, you know, that, pro excuse me, school starts in, in September, first week of September in Wisconsin, but the other states, it starts in August. So getting volunteers and exhibitors to re, uh, reshuffle was just, we sort went out and surveyed and it just wasn't going to be possible. So... You pulled all that together and come to the AMA, you said, we only have but one choice, and that's unfortunate to cancel it this year. You know, I think there was, uh, you know, early on, there was some hope out there that even as all these other events, you know, locally, internationally, uh, wherever were being canceled, there was this hope that, well, maybe, maybe AirVenture will be, you know, the thing that, that we come back to, maybe that will be the start of things opening uh, as opposed to being at the height of, uh, height of things being canceled. But, uh, you know, we're recording this uh, in, in mid June, and I think it's actually going to go out in just a few days. So it's fairly, fairly timely by the time you hear this. And, uh, you know, as we see states, uh, more and more states, more and more places opening up, we do see cases on the rise. And on top of everything else that you just laid out, you know, what would it, uh, you know, how would we feel as an organization if, uh, if, you know, we were there at, at ground zero uh, with people coming from all over the world kicking off round two of, uh, of this, uh, this pandemic? So uh, as, as painful as it is for all of us, the, the closer we get to July, I, I don't think any of us are going to be looking around saying, oh, you know, we could have had it anyway. It would have been fine. 
I, I think we're still very much in some unknown territory. Yeah, I, I agree with you as, as, uh, as I'm starting to see, you know, events now, even as far out in September. And as we look at the professional sports teams, you know, yeah, golf's back with no fans. NASCAR's back with no fans. Um, I think you'll see the same for, uh, the NBA. And I think you'll see the same, well, NBA is specifically stating they're not going to have it with fans and baseballs, uh, contemplating the same. So clearly, clearly summer across the country is going to be a no-go for, uh, large, large events that, that gather people close together. Right. And I, uh, I, I know you'll appreciate it, Jack, but I tell you that even more important than sports, the uh, annual Star Wars celebration in uh, Anaheim, California, which I think was set for late August, is officially uh, canceled and said, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you next time. So uh, I'm going to shed a quick tear for that one. Uh, in spite of all this, after this, uh, after this tough decision, um, kind of a two part question for you. The first part is, what are you hearing from our members in response to uh, in response to making this this tough and unprecedented choice you know it's it's been uh, a, a, a large large number of members have reached out to us either by email or by phone calls or by letters uh, some directly to me others through our member services and while there has been uh, I, I would say 10 percent to 15 percent uh, are saying you should have it anyway, uh, you know, damn the virus and let's move on. And the, the massive majority were saying, we really, really uh, appreciate the decision. It was the right decision to make. It's a tough one. We're all going to have that empty spot in our heart come July because we all know how important this is to everybody and we're going to miss it. We're going to miss our friends. But then it's always uh, left at the end saying, 2021 is going to be better than ever, and we already can't wait to come back. So it was it was uh, comforting to know that people uh, understood that it was a tough decision, and people you know supported that this extreme was necessary. You know, not to uh, not to just sort of blow sunshine in your direction, boss, but. Um, one of the things that I appreciated, and I, I think far more importantly, I, I saw a lot of individual members comment on it in various forums. People really called out the fact that when the statement went out, uh, in your words and in your voice, um, you didn't say, we've decided to cancel. Uh, you, the, the buck stopped with you, and you said you made the decision decision to cancel. And I know that uh, that the board and our senior leadership team and the staff and everybody, of course, is behind you uh, 100% on this, it was, uh, it was telling and it was impressive to a lot of people. It made a difference to a lot of people uh, that you said I and not we. Well, and that's the way it was structured. I, you know, I, I spent a lot of time with our board in, in, in getting counsel and opinions and presenting to them my thought process on all this. And what we eventually, when it, it came down to the last, or I guess it was last week of March or right before I uh, announced the decision, uh, basically, all I was doing was asking them for my support, and my decision, and why why I came to it, and it was a unanimous, unanimous uh, support for yep, uh, that's what we we got to do. And and almost everyone, the same thing. Oh my gosh, this is going to be what are we going to do in July? We're going to miss this so much. But <laughs> it's uh, they most of them wouldn't, wouldn't attend. Wouldn't attend. Right. So we we talked about the feedback that you've gotten from members, which has been supportive. And, uh, and, and, and positive, which, uh, which I know 
you know, eases all of our pain uh, at least a little bit. Uh, are you hearing from members out there who were who were saying, you know, what we're going to take that week and get together with our chapter or do something else, uh, do something else fun that week? You know, a little bit. We've heard a little bit of that. We've been encouraging that to happen. Uh, we've been encouraging that you know regionally as things are different in, in so many locations in the United States, depending on uh, how your communities shut down, how they followed the rules or what their, what their threat or, or risk levels were. So, you know, those areas that uh, are, are coming back up online, well, we are certainly encouraging and through our chapter office, helping to facilitate uh, what initially was virtual meetings to we're hoping we'll be getting back to flying young eagles in the summer. Um, we encourage them to have regional kinds of events. Uh, so it, it, they, they, at that time, you know, it was very interesting because at that point in time, I think most of them were still a little um, kind of shell-shocked as to what was going on for them, for their own personal circumstances in their local areas. So there was the, the worry of, uh, you know, what? forget about Air Venture right now. What about me and pick a city in the, in the United States? What does this mean for us here locally? Sure. And that's, uh, as we said at the beginning, I think that's something that makes this whole pandemic situation so so different and so unusual because there's there's that instant knee-jerk reaction, let's get together and let's go to where the trouble is and figure out how we can help. And and as we said, you know, this time helping means hunker down at home and you get into that that uh, that hunker down uh, hunker down mindset and your uh, you know, your priorities become, I think they become narrowed a bit. You become, you know, more focused, much more focused on your local area. Um, so, you know, there, there we are, uh, living in un- sometimes unfortunately interesting times. Yeah. It's, it's certainly, you know, to your point, it's, it's not like the usual crisis that we have that re- re- require people to perform heroics and perform relief. You know, it's, it's, how can I, how can I take bottled water to a, a hurricane area after it's right. blown through? Um, you know, the, the, this was one of these where the relief was hunker down and, and don't, don't contact people. And you're like, Ooh, this is, this is really different. Right. But it's a, it's a peculiar thing for a, for a particular generation. Um, well, frankly, ours, uh, ours included to say, okay, this is, uh, this is maybe a defining, uh, a defining moment, a defining crisis in your generation. And, you know, we're not asking you to, to, uh, to suit up and jump out of a C-47 into Normandy. It's, you know, we're calling upon you to stay home, order pizza and watch Netflix. And what a, what a strange, uh, and sort of I don't mean to make light of it, but it's uh, at times it's sort of a, a, a cushy response to a to a crisis. But if if you're the sort of person who wants to be out there taking action, uh, that can be a, a sacrifice in and of itself. Just being forced to not to, or trying to force yourself not to. It really is. Even you know, leading EAA, you know, there's nothing better than than I feel my role coming in every day is is you know get everybody together, get us you know help provide a direction, a strategy, and through times like this, a sense of calm. And, and you know, you look around and you've got to do it by a new method, which I, I do want to say that, you know, out of this, um, as a nation, we are learning different ways to remain productive. When you look at the technologies that we've all been thrown into and using Zoom and go to meetings and Skype and Microsoft Team Meet and, and those kind of things to keep uh, soldiering on and still keeping in contact with people. So, 
uh, I think it was Mark Cuban of the Dallas Mavericks, which Hal is a basketball team, professional basketball. They get paid to put the ball in the hoop. See, and I know that because he's on Shark Tank, which is a television show, uh, which uh, is something I can relate to and identify with. Well, he, he said, uh, you know, that, that about how horrific and terrible this is for businesses, but out of it, uh, we'll discover probably some new technologies, some new ways of doing business, some different ways of of you know working around it, and I, I think you see that happening everywhere. I, I, I know many businesses that uh, have had regional offices are saying people working at their own personal homes is just as productive as it has been. I don't need to carry the overhead and leases of a, of a regional building. Uh, it's it's very fascinating. Well, that's uh, it's great to see the the optimistic take. Uh, take on that. And I, I see evidence of that very same thing. And I come across stories every day about, uh, uh, you know, places that may be temporarily closed and how they're getting creative and how they're, uh, you know, finding ways to use their staff skill sets that maybe they haven't been able to exercise before, but because the needs are temporarily very, very different. Uh, and that's been, uh, that's been terrific to see. And I think that's, uh, that's a spirit that we can all, uh, all get behind. I, and I certainly don't want to minimize the fact that there has been a you know incredible amount of job loss, you know terrible hardship on an awful lot of people, and we need to get the country back up and, and going and, and uh, you know get folks back to work. But um, I think there are, there there could have been even worse than it has been. Absolutely, that's a great point. Not to not to minimize uh, anyone's. Uh, loss or or sacrifice and and certainly the the loss of life that has taken place but um but you still you still have those examples out there of uh of uh, of good old-fashioned human ingenuity and entrepreneurship and uh you know a dedication to finding uh finding ways to sort of make things right and to start uh, start getting creative with solutions for things and so I, I don't know about you, but I'm, uh, I am happy to take my good news wherever I can find it these days. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the best, best way is don't listen to the news. Well, yes, exactly. Just plug my ears and go back to Netflix and see if I really do need to watch The Office one more time. Um, <clears throat> so uh, shifting gears just a little bit, we're, uh, during the week of what would have normally have been AirVenture, uh, we've announced and we're kicking off something uh, uh, called the Spirit of Aviation Week. Uh, can you give us a little bit of an idea of what people might expect from that? Yeah, I, I, and let me let me just also talk about the as soon as the cancellation occurred, in typical EA fashion, everybody uh, on the team said, "What can we do to to replace that week with something that keep that you know keeps our whole community together?" And we kicked around a lot of ideas, which at first it was, we were, we were all of, of the same mind of AirVenture itself is a very special event. It, 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 it's, it seems like we hold it every year in order to make memories. It's about the people, as Paul would always say, plus the planes. And it's, it's experiential. Yeah, it, it has just a, a very unique in that you can't replicate it. You have to be there. And, it, and it's, even when I describe it to people who haven't been there are my friends, it's, it's, you, you, try to, you try to just talk about all the various pieces, but as you know, it, until you're there and you see it all, it's, it's just an aha, wow event. So we said, let's not do that. Let's not you know, try to replace everybody's annual event with something they can watch on, the, on their computer screen. 
but there are certain elements, you know, the air shows and all that kind of stuff. Let's not do that because there there's stuff like that already out there, Mike. But there are a lot of reasons people come to AirVenture, whether it be the forms, uh, some of the workshops, whether it be some of the, the, the interesting people that we have in theater in the woods and other places. Clearly for the exhibitors to see all the innovation and, and products, uh, some discounted shopping. The uh, So we thought, can we take those elements and wrap it into a week-long online experience that has all of those pieces in it? And the team is working very, very hard. We, we've announced that it's coming, and they're putting the pieces together uh, as we speak to, to start pulling all of those elements together. So it'll be every day there will be a, a schedule uh, that will be posted and, and put out there as to what the what's happening that week that you can plug into. Um, I think right now we're at a place where we're thinking that after the that day and those events, you'll have access to them later. But we're, you know we're not going to stick them all out there online on Monday of AirVenture. It's going to work through the week, and I, I think it will be again a, a great opportunity for for people to to have that connectivity to what EA is all about. And I've sat in on a couple of those meetings, and I think one one interesting point that came up that uh, I think that we all need to keep in mind was that, um, you know, we're we're going to have this sort of vibrant online experience and things, and and find some ways to to share more great great content and and uh, hopefully keep some of that those connections going. Um, but uh, you know, another measure of success uh, in in my mind is going to come after the event when we hear from the people who were too busy out there flying to uh to really get involved in a tent and that's not something we normally we normally look for when you know we would hold some event online you know the success metric is how many people showed up but if if we get a whole bunch of people to show up and then some of them are are inspired to go and and you know get out and do things in the real world or if we get some people who say boy thanks but no thanks but you know, I was on, I was flying out camping all week and here's my pictures of it on Instagram. Uh, to me, that's a success as well. It really is. And, and, uh, I think one of the things that I just learned this last week was that for the month of May, there was more general aviation flight activity than there was in May of 2019. Wow. So I would have never guessed the you know, but I understand in, in you know, flight schools and all that are ramping back up. But I was very worried that there could be some permanency of, of people kind of backing away from aviation during this, this uh, pandemic. And it turns out that they did initially, but for GA piston airplanes, it's, it's back up to full speed. Some of it could be that you know, the gas prices were more favorable last month. Um, people probably like myself to keep from going stir crazy, you know, one of the great freedoms and and uh just joys you have is to just get up in the air and go fly i had uh had been down for a few months and uh you know taking advantage as i do of our our uh EAA employee flying club and that um you know, there was kind of a kind of a trickle effect because those airplanes are maintained by EA staff and that particular uh the facility where that staff works when that was uh, would have been closed for a while or you've got you know reduced staff the flying club was sort of on hiatus but you know when that came back and I got out just just to go out and do some landings and get current and just go buzz around a little bit and I did 
you know, absolutely nothing spectacular. And I, you know, I felt like Superman all day because it was just so good just to, just to get up again. Yeah. And, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, some of the things I did hear from members and friends were there was almost a, an uncomfortable, you know, had all these other restrictions. Don't, you know, don't travel, don't go to large gatherings, no restaurants and all that. But, uh, you know, we didn't come out early and hard enough saying, but it's okay to go pull your airplane by yourself out of your hangar and, and go take off and, and stay current and practice some touch and goes and work on your stick and rudder skills and then put her away and go home. And we, and I know I had friends that, that would call and say, you know, is it okay? I feel kind of guilty that you know, I just feel like I'm getting to do something that nobody else can do. And it's like, go for it. You, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not a, uh, it, it, it's okay. You're by yourself. Uh, exactly. Although the, you know, that, that guilty response is, uh, is certainly an interesting one when you feel like I'm supposed to just be hunkered down at home and, you know, breaking into the freeze dried rations and things. And instead I'm, I'm out here flying around, but, uh, but talk about therapeutic. Uh, it is not like, it's just unlike anything else. I, I, I loved a picture I saw of a friend of mine that flew to Paola, Kansas, which has fantastic, uh, on the field, there's a place that has a wonderful uh, barbecue, and they were doing uh, taxiway to go, instead of curbside to go, it was taxiway to go, and you could place your order, fly in, and there was the brown paper bag with your name on it, and you go pick up your order, touchless, and fly back home your, your to-go order. I thought that was fantastic. Oh, that is fantastic. That's, that's, there's some more good news like we were talking about earlier. So you talked about uh, how GA was feeling pretty healthy in May and the numbers were up. And you said, of course, you know, fuel price is playing a a part in that, but also, you know, people just, uh, you know, needing to break out of their, their cabin fever. Um, What do you see happening, uh, you know, through the rest of this year, the summer and the fall? Uh, with general aviation, both from the, uh, you know, the, the, the private participant side and uh, on the, the industry side? What are your predictions? I, I think um, you've you got to definitely separate the different groups uh, that we're talking about in aviation. I think on the industry side, it's going to be a tough, a tough recovery. I, I think it's going to take some time. Uh, you know, new orders certainly have dried up very quickly for most of the, the OEMs. Uh, they've got factories with significant furloughs and and uh, potentially some layoffs. So they've got to get their their businesses repaired once uh, things get back and the economy gets gets rolling again. Uh, I think for for those who you know have have not had job loss or financial impact that are already into aviation, I think it's going to recover very quickly for them just flying, if you will. Actually, also the. The uh, I was talking to to Mark Baker at AOPA the other day, and their finance business is doing fantastic. People are uh, airplane transactions for used airplanes are, are way up. Uh, trying to find a used 182 is not not very easy right now, which is we haven't seen that in a long time. So, so the, there's those that are already involved. I think we're going to be okay. I still don't quite understand the the longer term. For the enthusiasts and the people around the peripheries, um, what the full economic impact will be on them personally, and if that will affect uh, their involvement in aviation. So it's still a little early to tell. Right. You know, hearing the news that people are still flying, I have a lot of lot of 
members talking about, uh, you know, one of the ways to keep their, I, I referred, you know, a good mental health day is, is to go into their shop and uh, tinker, work on their projects, you know, kind of get their, get away from the news cycles and everything else that's going on by just immersing themselves in that, into their particular aviation projects that they have. And I, I find myself doing that after, you know, the day's day is done. There's nothing better than just going to my hangar and uh, working on planes, cleaning them, doing whatever I need to do. Go doing some flying. Uh, it's it's a good it's a good way to clear clear the head. Now that's that's for sure. Like I said, I I when I haven't flown for a while, I uh, as soon as I get in the air, I have that oh yeah moment. And I can I can talk you know all day and all night about this is something I'm I'm passionate about you know that I love it I'm writing about it I'm doing all these things, and and I can I can tell you beforehand boy as soon as I go flying again I'm going to feel great, but somehow you get in the airplane you get in the air and I look around and I, I have that little quiet oh yeah you know I I really do it it it's like somebody flips a switch inside my head it's just you know, I can talk about it and understand it rationally, but you don't feel it viscerally until you're actually back in the air. So here's hoping that everybody out there listening, if there's any of you that haven't, uh, haven't been able to fly for a while, we are absolutely wishing that you, uh, you get back in the air as soon as you can. The, the other thing I've been doing, Hal, is there's just an enormous amount of webinars that are hosted by aviation companies and suppliers and edu- you know, everything from educational to proficiency stuff. And I found myself taking a lot more advantage of of those, and I have found you know many of them to just be f- wonderful content, uh, and and you know I guess having a little extra time now to be able to do that has been, uh, it's been really you know keeps you in the game in, in different ways. Uh, attended some maintenance seminars that uh, you know probably gave me some more education on the the, the mechanics on uh, mechanical issues on my plane in particular, which was you know priceless. You know, that's such an important thing, that idea of sort of keeping your head in the game. And, you know, we published a few things on our blog throughout the the earlier stages of the pandemic of, of how do you stay connected? And it can be, as you said, you know, webinars and studying and things like that. It can be, you know, be a more passive entertainment based approach. Like here's some uh, we've done previous episodes of the Green Dot about our favorite aviation movies and TV shows. Or here's some great aviation books to read if you, you know, if you do need to keep, as you said, keep your head in the game. And, uh, and that's, uh, vital in my opinion. It is, it is. And, uh, and thank you to everybody that's out there. That's, uh, you know, continuing to provide that content to keep us from going crazy. You're here. So <clears throat> coming back, uh, you know, closer to home for a little bit, do you have, uh, do you have any info at this point on when, so EA facilities might be opening up, uh, including our own EA Aviation Museum, um, as well as uh, some of the other programs. I know you mentioned uh, you mentioned Young Eagles. Can you can you talk about at least where the thinking is at this point? Yeah, um, you know, right now and again, we we look at everything's uh, as far as the data locally to see what's going on. We were a little bit worried post Memorial Day. Everything was opened up in in Wisconsin, and we saw in Winnebago County, where Oshkosh is located, a, 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 or basically across Wisconsin, a, a pretty good two week uptick in positive cases, but hospitalizations didn't uh, increase. So, we're still shooting for the first week of August to open up the Aviation Museum with some some new guidelines, some some uh, limits in the number of people, and some significant extra precautions and sanitization. And protocols 
we won't have school groups uh, in at that time, but we're we're gonna we're gonna crawl before we run, and we're following. We're, we, all the museums are all talking to each other, and they're all looking at best practices, and we still feel pretty good that that's going to be doable. Um, hard to say when it will be back to, as everybody likes to say, normal. Mm-hmm. Um, that will include Pioneer Airport's uh, collection in the hangars over there. We won't be flying at Pioneer Airport or doing Young Eagle rides. Uh, in August, we'll see as September comes along if that's doable. Once school gets back in session, we usually uh, stop that summer program. Um, if you look at the Young Eagles program, we are actually working chapter by chapter with with groups to uh, you know, look at their situation to see what uh, what's required in by their local uh, health professionals, the CDCs of the communities in that they live, as far as recommendations of group sizes and and sanitization protocols, uh, but we think that in many cases you can you can actually even do those today, uh, depending on where you are. If you're not in what they call a hot spot, so we're encouraging people to look at it. We're providing all the guidance material on that. We're we're trying to help help people walk through uh, the processes that they could use to to do the Young Eagle Eagle programs. Our our flight experiences where we take the B seventeen and the Tri-motors, and we were getting ready to, to take the B-25 out for its first year for flight experiences. We're still holding off on those. We were looking at possibly October in the in, in the southern regions where it's, uh, you know, our winter up north, but uh, uh, warmer down in those areas of trying to get those going. We're just going to keep uh, keep looking at it month by month and, and look at uh, what's the data telling us as far as turning it back on back on. A lot of people question, you know, can you, if you put 10 people in the tri-motor, can you say, you know, wipe everything down adequately once they get out or would they have to wear masks while they're on the right? So we're looking at all those, those pieces and elements of it. There are a lot of, uh, a lot of big open questions, but, but uh, a fair amount of caution and, and seems like uh, slow and steady wins the race at this point. Yeah, it does. And, and again, um, we're, we're, it's all about minimizing risk. One of the things you got to be concerned about is you don't want to be haphazard. And we have a, a reputation and a brand in EA that's, uh, you know, it's inclusive, it's family friendly. It, it's, it means a lot of things to a lot of people. And we don't want to tarnish it by being reckless and having people take on, end up getting sick. That would be uh, a tough one to, to have to deal with. So, uh, We'll see. I mean, it's, right. you know, and everybody's busy talking about wave number two and all that. We just, we want to get to a, what is a reasonable all clear. Absolutely. Now, speaking of our uh, EAA offices and facilities here in Oshkosh, uh, there's a rumor going around that everybody has been ba- asked back and is back in the office except for me. Uh, can you comment on that? Um. Uh, that's a uh, you know that's well you caught me off guard with that one Hal I really didn't <laughs> think that you would find out that everyone was able to come back but you I thought that was everyone had been sworn to secrecy to say yeah if Hal says anything just say you're still working at home but uh, it was only a rumor until just now I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that you yeah you need to at least come in and and you're you get a lot of mail <laughs> there, there's a lot of people writing you with, or sending you stuff for stories. Oh, I know you've been staying extremely productive. I mean, it's, it is interesting to see what, uh, when, when most of us work by way of a computer, how you, 
I, I, you know, you can not only work at home, but I was looking at it differently, Hal. You could work 24-7, seven days a week. Ah. It really excites me. So I could, I could triple the amount of time I spend, uh, presumably for the exact same wage. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Or, or maybe a little less. You're a quick you know, study. Since we all got to tighten our belts. So that's, uh, that's good. I, uh, you know, if I were a shareholder in EAA, if there were such a thing, I would uh, I would a- applaud your efficiency and your leadership. And on a personal note, I've I've got some thinking to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Well, Jack, we could go on and do this uh, do this all day, but we are coming to the end of of this episode. So let me say thank you very much uh, for taking some time out of your schedule to come on the show and help us catch people up on everything that's going on. Well, thank you, Hal, and uh, again to to all of our members. Uh, I appreciate everybody's understanding and uh, patience. And most importantly, I hope you're all staying safe and uh, making the best as you can out of the the time that we're in. And while we're going to have a fantastic time next July, I'm sure long before that, we'll be getting back together locally at the local levels in the chapter. And I look forward to seeing everybody. Here, here. Now, with that, uh, our thanks to everybody, uh, as always, for listening. Thank you so much to those who take the time to leave us a review on iTunes or other uh, podcast platforms of choice. Uh, a lot of people uh, take a minute to uh, give us comments or feedback directly on the blog posts that accompany each uh, episode of The Green Dot, which you can always find at inspire.ea.org uh, on the podcast tab. So we appreciate that, and that's the only reason we can keep this show going is because people do take the time to let us know uh, what they like and give us some ideas and some feedback for future versions. And speaking of feedback, you can also always email us feedback at eaa.org, and that'll find its way uh, to those of us who work, uh, work on the show. So thanks uh, once again to everybody out there for listening. You stay safe, uh, stay healthy, stay happy, uh, fly if you can, keep your head in the game, and we'll catch up to you next time when you're cleared to land on the Green Dot. (laughs) 